Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. And we're doing it again. I'm on my back porch of the Barnes Estate and we're just doing podcasts. Just a guy in his podcast. That's it. And um, we're a day late on the um, Sunday wrap up, I guess you can say, the Sunday review of Tennessee Titans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars in Nashville. It was a 33-30 victory for the Tennessee Titans in a game that, you know, they showed the ability to start fast and they showed the ability to close. Um, They also showed the ability to let a team come back and almost win. And, um, you know, I really hate to do these right after, you know, press conferences have been released And, um, you know, coaches have already given their opinions on things um, because, you know, some people think I'm just I might I might just regurgitate what they say. Um, And that's not the case. It's my thought. You know, I watch all, you know, I always make the uh, joke. Some people watch all 22. I watch all 22 of all 32. And, uh, you know, I've been watching, you know, pretty going through tape of every NFL team and. You know, the Titans are, are, are a great team. They show great resolve. They have great continuity. They have great poise. Um, but like, you know, Vrabel said, you know, something that's in my mind as well and is and is awesome that, you know, it correlates is that, you know, there's some things that this team is doing that, um, you know, it can go the other way. You know, as far as mistakes, um, missed point after touchdowns, um, you know, you know, missed tackles here and there, missed assignments, um, you know, blown coverages or blown responsibilities in coverage. So those types of things can get you beat in the future versus better teams. And that is something that I would definitely want to talk about is the quality of opponent that the Tennessee Titans have faced um, so far this year. I mean, the Denver Broncos haven't won a game yet. They show some fight. Um, you could tell if they were um, firing, firing on all cylinders with a healthy roster that they'd be a little bit more formidable. But as of right now, um, they just look like a young team, um, that can't close and it showed versus the Titans and it showed versus the Steelers for the Broncos. And then you look at the, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that beat a Colts team who, you know, turned the ball over. Um, it was their first time with the new quarterback and all those things show these aren't just um, generic, you know, placebos that I'm stating. These are real things that occurred through watching tape of these games. Uh, Colts were, were really um, trying to find themselves um, with that new quarterback, um, with the new continuity, trying to build that chemistry. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team that, you know, have. A quarterback that's been in place and and in confidence in him, and uh, you know that's just how that game played out. And the Tennessee Titans, you know, got got more than they uh, bargained for. Certainly, when they when the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars started to come back, so you know they've beaten two teams that are you know we wouldn't say top tier. Um, versus this Vikings team, a team that was thought of or thought to be a very good team this year is really struggling right now. Um, their, their run defense is struggling. Um, their flow on offense is struggling. Um, Kirk Cousins is, is, is really, um, 
I hate to use the word tentative because I just told someone the other day to stop using that word with Derrick Henry because we'll get to that. But excuse me, um, Kirk Cousins is looking very hesitant. Um, defenses are doing a good job of, you know, plastering to these receivers. And that's that's the thing about the Vikings. And I'll go into that in further detail when we do uh, Be So Good series, talking about how the Vikings can win, how the Titans can win, you know, how both teams can uh, find advantages in this game is, you know, their wide receivers, they don't separate that that well. They don't have necessarily a guy that creates a lot of separation. Every, every All of their receivers uh, are, are really, uh, most of their receivers, I should say, their skill set is predicated on, um, contested catches and route running, but not necessarily speed and uh, yards per separation. So that's uh, Kirk Cousins having a difficult time with that. So with that being said, I mean, this Sunday, uh, I, the Titans, you know, it, it should be a good game for the Titans. Now, talking about Derrick Henry, some of the thought processes in the fan base and opinions on Derrick Henry because he hasn't had a 200-yard game yet. You know, back in the day or whatever, a 84-yard game, yes, you strive to get 100 yards, 100-plus yards, 150 even. But let's not act like an 84-yard game is a bad game. Yes, that's, that's one run, one good run away from 100. That's 16 less than your marker, right? So, like I said just a few minutes ago right tentative and derrick henry that's long gone when he first came into the league and he had a when he did get high volume carries when you know when demarco murray may may have been hurt or if it was a situation where it was a you know trash time and he was getting some carries in yeah he could he had the uh um habit of bouncing outside and not necessarily hitting a hole like a big 6'3", 247-pound back does. Now that's not the case. Um, like, like I've always stated, he's not a Brandon Jacobs or a Jerome Bettis just because of his size. He's more of a finesse big guy. So he's never going to be that guy that's just going to come in trucking people on every carry. So it's I don't know if people are just now coming to the party but what's happening is teams are doing an excellent job of walling off his cutback opportunities and getting early penetration. If what that means for the average NFL fan is um, the defensive line, the guys who are trying to tackle Derrick Henry and linebackers, they're shooting the gaps and beating the offensive linemen who are trying to block for Derrick Henry. They're just getting beat early. Therefore, before Derrick Henry even gets ahead of steam, he's being tackled in the backfield. What counters that? We'll talk about that on the Be So Good series uh, this weekend. But, you know, those are some things that that's very simple. You can even just say a simple remedy right there. Just get push, you know, get reestablish the line of scrimmage for the offensive lineman and get push. Move defensive lineman back. Very simple, right? So Derrick Henry is not tentative. Defenses are just doing a better job this year than the back half of last year on getting early penetration and that's always been you know the way to stop any run game right you'd assume if you got a really good running back so with that being said i mean i think overall 
eight minutes in very quickly. I mean, I think that is it's we got a game two two straight weeks of game winning uh, field goals, and like I've already stated, it's very simple to even say randomly that um, you know you're one mistake away from losing both of those games, and that is a very real uh, thing. But moving forward to position to position, like moving forward to Ryan Tannehill. We've talked about Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is a top five quarterback in this league at his best. And I've already stated that months ago. Um, I stated that uh, last when we traded for him. Um, And, you know, when I'm doing my team building um, write-ups and my team building um, dissertations, he was definitely on my radar um, as far as trading for him as well. Um, the only thing was, you know, the injury history. So that's definitely kudos to John Robinson for pulling the trigger on that trade. And at that point, you know, what what's there to lose? You got a guy that has started a lot of games. His statistics are phenomenal. His play has been phenomenal. Um, like, like, I mean, not to just copy what J-Rob said, but from afar, I, I was a fan of Ryan Tannehill as well. I mean, the guy... You, you, you obviously are paying attention to Titans game, but then when you put on tape of Dolphins or you see highlights just scrolling, when he was when he's healthy, when he was healthy with the, the Dolphins, the guy was dealing, man. The guy was incredibly talented. And, you know, a lot of times it's just about who you're surrounded by. Excuse me. It's about who you're surrounded by, who's your supporting cast. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill with a an above-average supporting cast, is a great quarterback. Go figure. Um, so that is not surprising me what he's able to do. Um, what has improved, what a lot of people might not talk about or talk about is his mechanics. Um, he's definitely refined his mechanics. Um, he has a great velocity on the football. His ball placement is excellent. Um, he has he plays with great pace, right? It's like, you know, he knows and he has studied the quarterback position and he knows the minor intricacies that keep the ship going, you know, that keep the operation going. So that's definitely shout out to him. Shout out to John Robinson for pulling the trigger on that. Um, Rye receivers um, were at, we were without AJ Brown probably for another week, um, and you know I don't know if he's going to come back versus the Steelers. I don't, I don't really think about. Excuse me, I don't really think about the week, you know, after the week that we're in. So I take it a week at a time, but. You know, it, it'd be smart for him not to play in this game. It's an NFC opponent. Um, it's on the road. Uh, it's not, we, you know, I'm not going to say we don't need his uh, um, talent, but at the end of the day, we're thinking long term in terms of our goals. So we don't necessarily need him right now. But the players that did play, I think uh, Arthur Brown schemed up a good game, excuse me, to get um, some of these underneath route runners the ball such as tight ends and slot route receivers like Adam Humphreys and uh John Smith which if which if you pay attention to be so good um that they can't ignore you the series that I just started you could have gotten some fantasy insight there um I I stated specifically that Adam Humphreys John Smith Ferkser even Ferkser just for a little bit of points there 
you would have had a wide receiver that had a good game and scored, and you would have had a tight end who scored twice. So, you know, Be So Good has its perks. Um, that was a game where underneath um, making plays and creating separation was going to be an important aspect versus the Jaguars. Um, I've already mentioned the tight ends there. They played excellent. I think John U. Smith is – I'd love to see him in a more of a high-volume role. Um, throughout his career, he's been more of a schemed guy. He's gotten schemed plays throughout the the week, which that's important, you know, to have these schemed plays. That's still a part of football. But I'd love to see him in a high-volume role and to see how he'll, you know, react to being like a, num- a true number one tight end. Like, like that was my biggest thing. He was a third-round pick. Um, obviously, he was be- behind Delaney. Um I wasn't – I'm not going to say I wasn't a fan of the talent or the uh, person or player. Um, the thing is with Janu was where he was taken, who you could have had, and, you know, at that time Delaney was really playing well for the Titans, so it was like we're just going to develop him. But at the same time, if we, if we could have gotten more production, it would have helped us because I don't think that people recognize – when I watch games, and I've watched a lot of Titans games, I haven't missed a Titans game since 2006. I've watched every single Titans game, preseason and all, playoffs when we've had them. I haven't missed a game since 2006. And I've been watching since the early 2000s. So I know that, and I've seen every team that this team has put together. I know that there's literally a very thin line between a win and a loss. And and certain amount of production from certain players, if somebody does this right versus do, doing this wrong, it can really change the overall record. I remember when we had a, 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 a horrible records and borderline making the playoff records. And I can remember games, situations, plays, if this player would have produ- produced or if this player was better. If we would have drafted this player and if you supplement him into this offense then and there, then you would have had more wins. You would have had a division championship. You know, all of these things matter. And I don't think people understand that. It is a very thin line between a win and a loss in this league. That's why the average fan and I can't ever really see myself returning to that type of fandom because, yes, from the early 2000s to you know, probably 2005 or 2006, maybe even seven, I was a fan fan that only, you know, watched the games for entertainment. And then soon after, when I started getting, you know, pretty much pissed off of losing and I figured out I had a talent in scouting and you guys can definitely go through the archives and find my story of how I, you know, became a Titans enthusiast and scout. But I started saying, hey, I can, you know, some of the guys that I think are panning out is panning out. And specifically for this team, right? Like, I've, I've, this is not to be disrespectful or anything like that, but I've watched more Tennessee Titans. I've watched more Tennessee Titans um, ups and downs and the culture and, you know, what will work, what won't work. 
you know, then then even some of the executives on the Titans right now. You know why? Because guess what? They were with other teams while I was watching and studying how this culture, how, what works in Tennessee, what doesn't work in Tennessee. That's why Arthur Smith, who's been there since 2011, knows and it comes up with certain types of plays because he's seen it all he knows it's something to say about a, a coach that yes knows his x's and o's knows what a win and loss what what you know makes those percentages go up and down but it's another thing to for a coach to know the culture know you know certain plays and decision making and personnel and it's it, it's just it just goes unsaid and I'm pretty sure that the people that know Arthur Smith, because he's the best example of kind of how I've been as a talent evaluator with the Titans, the most, the long, the longevity of it. You just got a different type of motor behind you. You have a different type of passion. You have a different type of insight. And it's just unspeakable on how important that is. So that's why the, I could be hard on certain players like John New is because, you know, George Kittle was available. Kenny Galladay was available. Uh, you know, that's what I'm thinking of because those are some of the players that I would have targeted at that uh, range. So that's why, yes, this is who we drafted. I could have that mindset. This is who we drafted. Look at the positives. But we're in year what three four and now we're getting some benefits cool but if we could have gotten immediate benefits like with george kittle and kenny galladay i mean how how much difference would that have been in seasons where we really needed that production that's all i'm saying so with that tangent i'm gonna leave you guys went off on a tangent but that's the recap it's a very simple game right we played well defense obviously has some lapses We'll talk about it on the Be So Be So Good series this weekend. Um, defenses has have lapses as far as coverage, so we know that much. Um, and we'll 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 pick up from there. God bless. See you this weekend.